Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Welcome to Honest Money. We're, we're talking all things investing, uh, saving, and, and success. Uh, and, and it's a bit of a topic today because we're, we, we're, we're trying to understand when you start this journey and you start saving and you start investing and you pay down your debt and you do all the things you're supposed to do, uh, when do you start feeling like things are going well? When do you start feeling like you're achieving a measure of success? Uh, and, and so to help me with the topic today, um, I, I brought in Steve Van Rooyen. He's the co-founder of DigiDorks and, and our partner in Honest Money. Steve, so, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Warren. It's great to be on the show. So uh, our, our discussion uh, that leads to this podcast is, uh, you know, you, you're doing what you're supposed to, right? You're, you're, you're following all the steps to, to financial freedom, making sure that you've got your emergency fund, that you stay out of debt, that you save every month, that you build up your long-term invest in, in investments. But, but, but uh, it's not always like a fulfilling or satisfying experience right you look at your account and you go okay my account is a bit is a bit more bigger than it was last month and it's bigger than the month before that and wow that's great but but you're you're building up money for for steve in 20 years time you're not building up money for steve tomorrow mm -hmm. that can go and buy a new car or a new uh, bicycle or training shoes or whatever it is so so it's not always fulfilling or satisfying yeah, definitely. I have to agree with that, Warren. I think um, I'm at this stage of my life, so just over 30. And, and I think the unfortunate thing with us as human beings is we'll always compare ourselves, right? So we're going to compare ourselves to our schoolmates. We're going to compare ourselves to our varsity mates. And we're obviously all at stages now in our careers where varsity mates are now starting to become managers or, or like myself, starting to open their own business, right? So you then, in inverted commas, start seeing some sort of success. And then you start going out for a drink with a mate or whatever. And then he's arriving in a brand new car. He's arriving, you go to his house and you start seeing, oh, his house is much bigger than yours. He owns a house. I only rent a house. You know, so all these thoughts start crossing your mind. And then you start using this barometer of success, right? And you start saying to yourself, well, is he successful? Am I not successful? You obviously don't. And it's maybe the culture that we live in. We don't all chat about our investments and the size of our investments and how important they are. But um, one thing I've found that is maybe helping me a little bit, it's just to kind of, um, I have a little bit of a Google sheet. Um, my wife's also an, an Excel queen. So we have a Google sheet that shows us where our investments are currently standing because obviously they're all in different places. So it kind of brings it together. So you, you have some sort of statement and we obviously only pull that once a month. And then on that day when you do that, it kind of makes you feel good. But then you have other 30 days of the month when you're driving past car dealerships or the new um, complex up the road that's now selling houses. So then you kind of feel like, oh, well, am I actually that successful? Am I, am I working so hard for the future Steve, which might not even be around, you know? So it is quite difficult to try and weigh up this thing of living in the now and making sure that my retirement is good enough. Yeah, and I think you, you're touching on a few uh, big topics there because the, the the one is about delayed gratification. So it's about it's about being able to create a vision for life today that 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 you're happy to live uh, the, the life that you're living today, but also uh, 
creating a vision of what your future life should look like and, and making it so compelling that whatever you're trading off today, whatever you're not buying today, you're happy to walk away from because you know that this thing that you're working towards mm. is, is, is compelling and exciting and inspiring for you. And I think um, it's important to understand our, ourselves as human beings. We, we're not wired in any way uh, to, to, to be excited about the future. We're not actually that, uh, you know, that motivated by, by, you know, being debt free and financially free and uh, being able to buy what you want to buy in 20 years time. That, that, that's so far away. It's mm. almost another lifetime and therefore it's another human being. It's a, the, the, you know, Steve 20 years from now is, is just a totally different person to you. Uh, uh, almost a stranger, you know, it's, 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 as emotionally yeah. uh, valuable to you as a character in a movie or a character in a book. It's, it's, it's a, almost a fiction. Uh, and, and so we are wired as human beings, all of us, uh, to, to, to kind of look out for uh, threat and opportunity right now. You know, we, when, when, when we were kind of evolving, you know, we would be walking in the savannah and we'd be looking at food or predator and, and trying to make sure that you know, we, we navigate uh, the, life that way. And that, that hardwiring that's built into us that doesn't evolve. I mean, the fact that we drive cars mm -hmm. and fly airplanes and all that stuff today, we're actually uh, in, in wiring way, no different to what we were, uh, you know, 50,000 years mm -hmm. ago, we, we're exactly the same. Maybe, maybe uh, less hairy, I think is probably the only evolution. Maybe we're a bit taller, <laughs> uh, but, but, but the, the yeah. wiring of our brains and, and the reward um, kind of, uh, chemicals that we have are, are identical. So I, I, I think understanding two things. One, that uh, th that you need to give yourself immediate short-term rewards. So, so there, there needs to be hmm. kind of the, the short-term to say, if I save 10% of my salary or 15% of my salary for the future, Steve, uh, once I've done that, I'm allowed to spend 5% of my salary on current Steve. I'm, I'm allowed to go out and, and, and actually go and buy whatever it is that I want to buy. And it's guilt-free because I've hit my savings target. And now this, this extra money that I've got here is for me, for now, it's my reward for doing, uh, doing the job I'm supposed to do as the long-term investor and, and, and saver. Uh, and I think a lot of people get stuck in that balance of saying, no, no, I'm not going to worry about that. I've got to live today. I might, you know, as you said, you, you, you know, you might die tomorrow or you, yeah. you never know. We never know what the future holds. But, but I don't think it's an either or. I don't think it's saying only live for today or only live for the future. I, I think it's about a, a balance of getting that reward system going for yourself. And, and I mean, it's, uh, you, you know, we need to know our, ourselves. We, we, we're fairly basic things, human beings, you know, and, and we like rewards and, yeah. and we don't like punishment. Uh, and, and so in this instance, like reward yourself for, for the now, for doing the, the, the savings goal. And then it's guilt-free. If you've done the savings, uh, you've done your job, then there should be money that's allocated for fun or whatever it is that you want to spend. Uh, and I think that, that 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 balance thing is is really important. I think a lot of people get that wrong. So what happens is it's like going on a crash diet. You know, you you kind of go on the diet. You're incredibly disciplined for three weeks. You know, you lose ten kilograms. You feel amazing, uh, but at, but you're having no fun and you're you're not enjoying life at all. You know, you're yeah. just kind of getting somewhere. And and three weeks later, guess what? The crash diet fails because you go back to chocolate and beer and whatever else and all the things that you shouldn't do because there was no balance. There was no, you know, so, so I mean, money and food, I think are very uh, similar in terms of saying, well, eat well, 
eat balanced diet, do what you're supposed to do, and then give yourself Friday or Saturday off to do what you feel like. Uh, and then get back on the wagon the next day and carry on. And then, you know, you've always got something to look forward to that's very short term, very immediate that you can see, you know, a week is not a long time to to kind of work towards a goal, whereas 20 years is ridiculous. I mean, we we can't, it's not, we're not designed to do that. Yeah, definitely. I think I have to agree with you because I had a certain, um, uh, we called it like our investment goal by the age of 30. And I said that, and, and, and I did. I achieved it probably at the age of 28, 29. Um, and then when that it started happening, then it's almost like, I don't want to say I, I slid back a bit, but I, I did lose that vision because it's like, oh, I don't actually have a goal that I'm working towards now and the gratification of it, right? Because that that's the struggle you get now is, uh, oh, just to give an example, let's just say all of a sudden you do get a certain amount of money like in your bank account is not your salary. So now it's excess, right? So it hasn't necessarily been budgeted for. Before, I would have straight away put that into the investment because I had a goal. Where now, it's like before the money even hits my account, I'm like, oh, um, what if this and this comes in, then I'll be able to buy uh, this and this or whatever, you know, or buy that car or put a deposit up. You know, so I do tend to agree in that sense. I think that you do have to maybe... I need to shorten my goal, um, which is maybe a bit too far at the moment, and then just allow that little bit of fun money. And it's, and it's funny because I did do that in the past, um, and my fun money went into investments anyway because I had that goal. Because I knew then, well, let me take my fun money, invest that into shares, you know, which is a little bit more riskier. I've got my ETFs, which are currently just ticking over, and then I took my fun money, and instead of buying rubbish, I would go and invest it in shares anyway. So I do think it's that just aligning your goal and making sure that your goal is close enough that it feels attainable and reachable um, instead of this uh, mega target of uh, I need millions and millions of rands to become financially free by the time I'm 45 or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And and I think that, um, you know, if you get a windfall, so for some people, it'll be a bonus. For business owners, it might be a nice dividend or a nice year where you've had good profits or whatever. Uh, the, the the secret there is not to allocate all of that to fun or all of it to investing long term. You know, I think it's a case of saying whatever the number is, I'm allowed to take 20% of it. If it's a big number, 20% of it, I can just spend on myself for for no no kind of defined purpose or anything other than sheer enjoyment, sheer reward. Uh, and then 80% I'm going to put away for for the future. If it's a small amount of money, you know, that's a small bonus or a small dividend or whatever, you might say, mm. let me take half for the future self and and half as a as a reward now. So so I think that uh, you know when you get the windfalls, be careful with those and and do something with them. But but equally, uh, I like your approach of of saying, well, let me set three year goals. You know, let let me set a goal for for saving that that, that you know, and and then once you've hit that goal take a break, you know, maybe for the next month, you don't save anything. You just give yourself a reward of like, I've, I've achieved a goal. I've, I've mm. done something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just enjoy myself now. And then you say, okay, let me set my next uh, uh, three-year goal and, and then keep going. Uh, because I think that that, you know, that, that, that kind of short-term step-by-step approach for me always works better than uh, some huge number. But, but I think also, I just want to go back to, to one of the comments you made earlier about how we measure success and how we measure ourselves, and and I think it's it's a it's a trap we all fall into. You know, but when when you start out in life and you're you know, especially I think it's young men. I don't know, like we it's, we measure ourselves by the car we can drive, the car we yes. can afford. Um, so 
So if you think about that as a step, you, you know, when you start out, I know for me, it was that, that little Nissan Bucky. That was when I was like 15 years old, all I wanted was that little Nissan Bucky that I could put a mattress in the back and go camping. Uh, um, not not <laughs> thinking that I'm six foot three and would never fit into the Nissan Bucky to drive it. But but that was my measure of success. And like, like that for me was That's everything. Cool. And and now I could go and buy. I mean, uh, they they're so old. Uh, but but I mean, I could buy that bucky and I could buy it cash. But but that's not my measure of success anymore. My measure of success has moved on because I've moved on. My financial positions moved on. My goals have changed. But at the same time, uh, we we look around. We, you know, our head goes up and we look at our neighbors. We look at our school mm -hmm. friends. We look at our university friends, our colleagues, and and we see the life that they're living. And I say see in inverted commas because we don't yeah. we don't actually have a clue uh, of the life they live. I, I mean, I, I've been doing financial planning for you know, way more than twenty years now, and and the one thing that always strikes me is the people that really have wealth. It's very very rare that they drive very big flashy cars. That they just don't drive the big sports cars. You know, there are a few of them, a handful that that will. But but the rest, the, the people that have done well for themselves, that have built up real capital, they're 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 not in the in the space of of spending that money in a way that we can see it. They might go away on fancy holidays, but it's away. It's it's not it's not something you would see unless mm. you were on holiday with them. Uh, and and the same with their their properties. You know, they they'll be the people that have paid off the property and live in the paid off house, whereas their neighbour, you know, who who has a big salary and drives a flashy car, all of that's on debt. They've got the big flashy car because it's yeah. financed and it's probably financed, you know, at ninety percent of the value of the car, and the bond is probably ninety percent of the value of the of the house. So so these are people with high income streams and massive levels of debt and. It strikes me always when you talk to high income earners and you kind of get a spread of them in, 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 in our country and everywhere else that, that big income earners are on average three months away from bankruptcy. In other words, if they were working, earning their big salaries and they got fired tomorrow, they, they've got enough mm. cash reserves to kind of see themselves through the next three months uh, and that's it. They, they're, they're not in a position where their cars are paid and their houses are paid. Uh, and I think that, you, you know, that, that, basis of comparison it's there, there's a brilliant uh quite an old book now called the millionaire next door for, and it kind of analyzed a lot of the millionaires in america mm. and you realize that they they're, they're they're silent and powerful financially these are people that that are are just not ostentatious and and that's the trick is when you look around you're seeing the image that people want to portray uh, and, and, you know, they'll tell you about their successes and they'll show you their fancy cars and, and tell you about their latest holidays. They won't tell you about the millions in debt that that's kind of racking up. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, when, when interest rates are shooting up, their cost of living has gone through the roof and they're stressing because they're actually not sure how they're going to get through the month. They're not going to tell mm -hmm. you that story until it's too late. Uh, and, 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 you know, yeah. finances and mental health issues are, are massively linked. And a lot of it is with these big achievers, these high achievers that are flashy and, you know, and, and wanting to show everybody everything and how successful they are. But actually, they're running month to month, pay paycheck to paycheck, just to keep, uh, keep everything going and to keep that image alive. And, and when you're in a position where you're looking around going, but I, I don't own all that stuff. And I don't, you know, I can't do what that person's doing. The, the reality is, you you can do a lot more than they can, but but you don't have the debt, you don't have the worry and the burden, you know, you don't have the big bond and the you know the big car finance because uh, you choose to rent.
you choose to save. And you know, and there is a day and, and it'll come, you know, when you look around and you go, you know, that that house that I really loved, I can buy that house cash now, but I choose not to. It's not it'll be like my Nissan mm. Bucky. It'll be the thing that you go, well, actually I've moved on. You know, that's something else I want to do with the money, or yeah. I'm enjoying having lots of capital and no no burden of a of a property or a debt. So I think it's a trick of just be yeah. careful that you when you compare. Yeah, and I think I actually chatted to someone as well, that, and I, I think you've touched on it. And just to summarize, it's like everyone's definition of success will be a bit different. And it's actually to change your mindset away from success equals lots of money. Because you might chat to someone that actually has a, a really low income and really just enjoys their job, has a, um, a great family life, their mental health is good, and they'll say to you that they're successful. You know, so it's actually about that for me to just try and shift my mind away from that success is rich, you know, or, or lots of money. Success could just be you being happy and enjoying life and you are making ends meet, you are investing uh, 20% of your salary and, and you know what I mean? And it's building and growing in a in a, a, a positive way, you know? So I think that's also just um, maybe another way to look at it and stop pinning success on new cars. Yeah. And and I think the you know it's also important to know that money uh, money is like a, a on a slow burn. So when you're building up money in the early days, it feels like you're making no progress. It feels like it's you know it incrementally goes forward, and it just doesn't feel like anything's happening. Uh, and and you know you look at the world's wealthy investors. It's amazing to look at how their wealth um, it, it goes like a graph. You know it kind of kind of goes a long, mm. slow, shallow slope. And then it almost looks like overnight it suddenly goes vertical, where their money just starts going really, you know, huge. Uh, and 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 for me, always to, uh, having a look at Warren Buffett's kind of graph of his wealth is is an example, you know, because he's been an investor since he was kind of I don't know eight or nine years old, but but he really only became wealthy in his forties and became a billionaire shortly thereafter, and then you know got to the tens of billions shortly thereafter again. So. It's one of those things where, you know, at, at 40, he was you know, well off. At 50, he was rich. At 60, he was close to the richest man in the world. And by, by 70, he could have probably paid off all of ESCOM's debt five times over and, and not had a problem. <laughs> it, would, it would have just been a pocket change yeah. for him. And, and that's the point is it's, it's about consistency and kind of day after day after day, letting that money keep growing and keep adding to it, but not measuring uh, – as you say, success against that. I, I, I mean, to me, we've got to each of us understand what success means. It's going to be different for all of us. And, and if you said to me, kind mm -hmm. of what's what, what's my, my personal definition of success for, for my life and, and my family, it will be that we get to the point of freedom where, where we, we, we're we not yeah. having to get up uh, and, and work 20-hour days because we have to pay bills. We, we get up and work 20-hour days because we feel like it or we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where, where we can choose to live in, you know, in a, in a different place because that's what we want to do, or uh, we can go on holiday because that's what we feel like doing and, and go where we want to go. Though th That for me is, is, is key. Um, attaching a number to it uh, is, is firstly, it's wrong because what's going to happen is the number is going to change, uh, you know, n um, cost of living changes yeah. and, and investing changes. So, so putting a number on is always going to be a moving target. I, I mean, I can remember sitting with a wealthy investor saying to him, you're at 90 million rand of investments now and you've got no debt and you're working these ridiculous hours, six days a week. You know, whenever you, when will you have enough? So he said to me, you know, when I make 100 million. And I said to him, like, how, <laughs> how is your life 
going to be better than today when you're at 19? What's going to, what else are you going to have? What more? And it wasn't more. It was just a goal. And then we got there and he, and he hit his hundred million. And then he said to me, no, no, I think it's 150. And, and so for him, he had attached success yeah. to a number and the number never stood, stood still. And so you're right. It's, you know, attaching success to a number, uh, I think is, 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 is a goal that will never be reached. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's always like, I remember in school, you know, speaking about your Bucky, mine was always, I said, by the age of 25, I'll have that three series BMW and I just need a million rand. Like, when I was at the age of 15, 16, that's what made sense to me. I thought a million rand was more than enough, you know, like you can buy a decent house and all that. And actually looking back now, it was such an unrealistic goal to think, well, how are you going to go to varsity, only work for two years, then afford the BMW? And then obviously we all know now a million rand isn't that much anyway. But it's exactly that. Right now when you go and you, if you think about what my goal would be now, it would probably be the five series, you know. So it's always like it's always one better depending on where you are in your life and i think there's a good um there's a good element to be uh, aspirational and to drive yourself forward and all of that but it's just when it starts becoming unhealthy and you start weighing bad decisions on that then i think it um, becomes really bad you know because it will affect my mental health that i don't have the, the three series you know it's like um you know i drive an r20 you know and it, that gets me every day but it gets us to from point a to point b really low on petrol hasn't given us any hassles you know and it, that's the thing to actually then realize okay well the i20 is maybe 10 years old let's start saving for the next car when you have a good enough deposit then you can buy a next car and i also think the mindset shift now because we have we haven't had debt you know and now to put more debt on yourself is it really worth it uh, i think people that uh that, that have debt and and feel it as a burden uh, if you ask them what their definition of freedom is, it will just be to to be debt free one day. And and so, you know, the, I think you can only uh, appreciate the burden of debt and and like the horrible weight that it puts on you when you've had it, and and then you you get rid of it. Uh, and 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 I think it's a step that very few people in life actually ever get to until probably you know they they, they stop work, which is you know get, get debt free. So. So I think it's a powerful goal, you know, just as a motivator for me always is, you know, I don't want to be in a position where I owe people money and can't pay it off. You know, if I, if I take on debt now, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a financial decision, not a, not a, a buying or spending decision. It's, a, you know, it's something that I, I choose to do, but I know I've always got the money to settle it. And, and that's, you know, that's a point of strength. It's making decisions from a, from a point of, of choices, not because you're, you're, you've spent yourself into a corner and you have no more choice. And, and that, it's a, such a horrible feeling because actually you're working for the debt provider. You're working for the banks that, that gave you the money, you know, and, and that's not a place anybody wants to be. And the uncertainty around like interest rates going up, you know, we obviously, when we're recording this, it's about a week away from another. Is it going up? Is it staying? Is it going down? And I think just the uncertainty of that, you know, like even in your budget, you know, then do you calculate for it to go up? Do you calculate it for it to go down? And the reality of it is salaries aren't going up. You know, I've been chatting to a few mates. They, their salaries aren't even increasing by inflation. But in the meantime, your interest rates on your house and your car are increasing at um, dramatic rates. You know, so it does. It just causes unnecessary stress, to be honest. Yep. And, and I'm thinking about, I've been reading about uh, people living in, in the UK, you know, and, and they fix their mortgages every two to five years. Uh, and people that fixed their mortgages four and a half years ago were, were paying an interest rate of about 0.5% a year. Uh, and and sure. they're, they're now in for a shock because that new interest rate that they're going to have to pay in six months time will be around about six or six and a half percent. Uh, 
So, mm, so if you just sure. think about that, you know, in, you, you're paying your five thousand pounds a month mortgage, and and overnight it's going to go up ten times. So suddenly you're paying fifty thousand pounds a month to fund your mortgage, uh, and and that's a sure. horrible place yeah, to no, be. And again, good. it's about debt. So, so Steve, I think we're uh, we're out of time. Um, uh, any last thoughts? No, thank you so much, Warren. I think it is. It's. Uh, I think the what I realised today is that the yardstick of success is always going to be shifting, um, but really just need to keep your eye on the prize, um, that long term investing goal, and then yeah, maybe just a little bit more flexibility on the fund fund, um, just to keep me motivated now when I'm working hard. Yeah, and, and don't uh, don't take that away from yourself. You know, when you, when you've got the fund money and you've earned it, you should spend it and you should do something with it as a reward. It, we, what, what's interesting is chemically that stays in our brain. We remember those rewards if they're short term, and and it motivates us to get to the next short term reward. So if you don't if you don't reward yourself, you, you you're, you're not setting yourself up to to kind of take advantage of of the, the kind of wiring that we've got inside ourselves. So so well done on on uh, where you've got to so far. Good, good luck for the next uh, next three year goal, and and we'll we'll check in again to see how you go. Awesome, thank you so much, Warren. Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management, informed by science, guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP.